0: Hey everybody, welcome back to episode number 17 of the Dennis Poulet podcast. So glad that you could join me today. Today we are welcoming Paul Turner, a longtime youth worker, friend of mine, who we are talking about how we as parents can work together with the church. This is the podcast where we talk about how to lead and launch our teenagers, and today we really want to hone in on that idea of how do we work with our local church and our local church youth worker in order to better help our kids grow. Paul and I talk about that in this interview, so here we go. So I'm here with Paul. Paul, thank you so much for uh, being on tonight with me. I appreciate uh, you being willing to get our schedules synced up. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, tell everybody who you are, and then we'll just uh, jump right into some of the questions.
1: Well, thank you, Dennis, for having me. My name is Paul Turner. Uh, and I am the director of the Disciple Project, uh, which is a ministry which equips um, youth workers to build successful youth ministries with a focus on uh, discipleship. And, um, and I do a couple other things. I have uh, my podcast, uh, which is uh, Youth Ministry in Motion. And, um, and uh, I do a few other things on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash uh, Jedi for hire. And, uh, I make uh, videos over there for youth workers as well. So
0: long time youth worker, right? Is that, that's what I, what I've heard.
1: So, <laughs> that, is that <laughs> what you've heard is the word on the street. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's 30, I got 30, 30 years. I, uh, you know, and you know, 30 years as far as youth pastoring and then, uh, and then a few extra before as a volunteer and, and then a couple after I just keep doing youth ministry cause I can't seem to quit.
0: Yeah, that's that's a it's a it's a blessing. That's the word I was looking for. Blessing. (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna pause. I I know. Pause for a long time there. Maybe we should spin the wheel about what word I was gonna use. But it's it's a blessing for sure. (laughs) Yes. But one Depends of the things, that, it is. yeah, yeah, for sure. So one of the things that I wanted to um, start off, as you know, this is a podcast uh, definitely for parents of of teenagers and mm-hmm. just trying to help parents as they are uh, navigating this whole adolescence, uh, high school, middle school years, trying to figure out how to lead their students. And for a lot of us, it's a time whenever our kids are either going into youth group or they are already in youth group. And we've never really been coached or taught what to do uh, to actually work with the church's youth group. Some of us just like throw our kids to the youth pastor and say, please fix him uh, or her. And uh, some of us are just, we're just trying to figure this out. So what I wanted to do tonight is just talk in, in this episode about Um, Some of the tips or tricks that you would have for us as parents uh, to work with our local church rather than against it. And what are some things that we could do? So I don't know if you have any quick ideas or if you've thought about that, but I've never really had anybody... Uh, talk about this before. And I I wanted to ask you, since you've got 30 years of youth ministry experience, maybe you're speaking for youth workers, or maybe you just have some ideas that you uh, would have wished that parents maybe would have done as they were uh, bringing their kids to youth group or whatever. But give me some advice as to what to do as a parent to work with the church in the youth ministry.
1: Well, Dennis, it's a, I, I speak on behalf of both the parent and the youth worker because I've had my own kids in youth group, uh, and that presents its own challenges. Um, but I have it's it's kind of a good news, uh, bad news scenario in the sense of uh, parents and, and being involved in the youth ministry. Uh, the The good news is the 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 baseline that I would give parents is is that your youth pastor is a human being who is hired by the church to do several things, right? There's things that the church hires a youth worker for, uh, and the, you know, to oversee the youth, but those discussions behind the scenes and in, uh, meeting rooms and whatnot, a lot of talk is about growth. And so a lot of, uh, a lot of the youth workers that are hired are also hired to grow the youth ministry. Uh, and so, you know, the as a youth worker, you know, what parents don't see from uh, from uh, from say the youth worker point of view is that, uh, like a teacher, uh, I have I have fifty students in a room, and uh, you know, I know that your your you, the parent believes that my child is the most important child, and they should, uh, but I have fifty kids I have to deal with. And not just one kid I have to deal with. Right. So so in trying to program and trying to do those things, uh, you know what it just uh, happiness does not just suddenly arrive, you know, it's not going to automatically happen. So I would say there needs to be an understanding both for the when I say there's good news and bad news, uh, there's good news, bad news for the youth worker as well, where. Uh, the youth, the the parent has to understand that the youth workers hired for a specific job uh, and not just hired for your child, right? Your child is a part of a group dynamic. And, uh, and then the youth worker has to understand that parents are not the enemy, right? Uh, a lot of youth workers see parents as obstacles to their plans. And I don't think youth workers, uh, that is a terrible mindset uh, to have that parents are not obstacles. They're not Uh, roadblocks to your success uh, in ministry. They are part of the process of discipleship. They are uh, the main disciples of the children, of their own children. And we as youth workers are vitamin C and sometimes youth workers can push themselves to the forefront as being the main disciples. And really we're just an equipping ministry. So I I would say the first baseline advice is that both sides, both parents and youth workers have to come to an understanding uh, about each other's roles, right? And that's through conversation. That's not through uh, an email. Uh, that's not through uh, uh, an announcement. That's through conversation. Uh, so the baseline I think for parents and youth workers is that there has to be a, a a fair amount of communication on roles and responsibilities and what the youth worker's trying to do and what the, what the parents role and responsibility is and what the youth workers role and responsibility. So I would say that is baseline. That has to be open communication of of what each person's role is, uh, that both the parent and the youth worker are both human beings trying to live out their lives, raise families, do work, all those kinds of things. And so baseline for both groups is let's have a conversation as human beings versus, you know, uh, pointing fingers of blame or, uh, or anything like that, that would get in the way or that would hinder, you know, the growth of the child, you know, the child is, is oftentimes a, uh, you know, a ping pong ball in that regard uh, because they're bounced back and forth because they, the kid really loves their youth worker, really loves their parent. And uh, you know, it, it, uh, you know, it doesn't benefit, it doesn't benefit students for parents and youth workers to not come to a place of agreement.
0: Yeah. And, and the idea that, uh, you know, we're not, fighting against each other. We're on the same team. We ultimately have the same goal uh, whenever we're talking about what we're trying to accomplish uh, in our kids' lives. As a youth pastor, my job is to try to help kids be disciples of Jesus. As a parent, my job is to help my kids grow up to be functioning adults, but also disciples of jesus and ones who can actually uh, follow him as adults and so not fighting with a a youth pastor or not fighting with parents that would probably be a pretty big thing for us to uh, try to remember and i was going to say too some of the best youth pastors that i know are youth pastors who make every student and every family understand that they are important. So sometimes it's hard for parents to remember that there are 35 other kids, 25 other kids in the youth group because youth pastors are pretty good, hopefully at making everyone feel special and feel like they are the most important people. I remember my youth pastor, he made every single kid feel like they were the most important kid that ever stepped into the room. And so it's really hard to remember as a parent, because I already think my kid's the most important kid, but it's yeah. hard for me to remember when the youth pastor is giving me what I feel like is special attention. It reminds me of those state farm commercials where they're sitting there going, Oh, well what about the Patrick Mahomes uh, you know, special deal? And the guy's like that's right. every everybody gets that deal. It's not special. It's just everybody gets right. the special deal.
1: And that's but Patrick kind of, Price.
0: Yes, yes, and that's that's kind of the way that we feel whenever we step into church sometimes whenever our youth pastor's doing it right. Um, so what other what other kind of ideas or thoughts would you have to help parents uh, work with church?
1: You know that is that is the and I mentioned about the the bad news part, right? The bad news part of of some of this is that there are a lot of parents, and I'm sure there's none of these uh, parents listening right now but in case the, it might, one parent might slip in there, is that what parents want for their child, and I, and, and listen, I, I'm i for it, I have three kids of my own, I, but I also know the realities of the world in which we live. I, I just got through reading, um, there's a book called The End of Youth Ministry uh, by Andrew Rood, and it's why parents don't really care about youth groups and what youth workers should do about it. And, and ultimately, the the premise of the book and, and really what it gets into is that parents want their what Andrew Root asserts is that parents want their children to be happy all the time. Right. That it's a constant happiness mechanism. If basketball makes them happy, they're going to do basketball. If, if softball makes them happy, then that, you know, that's what they're going to do. And it is this constant pursuit of happiness that is. um is the, um, I don't know, the crux almost of, you know, why do kids pursue sports so much? Well, it makes them happy, you know, uh, whereas church or youth group, if it doesn't make our child happy, it's no longer a priority. And, uh, and so I guess the, the, the tip I would give for parents is this, is that, is that youth group is not, it, youth workers want people to be happy, right? It, it, happiness though is not all the, it's not the permanent goal per se, right? The youth worker is trying to do a, a work and sometimes within youth group, just like any church or any group dynamics or your basketball team or your softball team, there's conflict, right? My kid doesn't get to play first base. My kid wants to play shortstop. My kid wants to be the you know first chair in band. my. And if that doesn't happen, then we shift that child to some place where they are going to be happy, versus playing out the season in the in the position that they have, or uh, or 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 playing their best part in whatever they have. And so, for parents, I would encourage uh, to not pursue happiness for their child over working through hard or difficult times. I don't think it benefits the child at all. Uh, you know, we, we say, Well, I, I don't like this teacher, and so we're gonna, you know, we're gonna move our kids to another class. Or and once again, that's a that's a parent's prerogative. I'm not arguing that point. The 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 really core of that is listen, that our our kids need to learn how to work through hard situations. And to be honest, there's nothing harder sometimes than trying to be a disciple of Jesus because there's conflict there. I mean, if you look at scripture you have you have James and John's mom come to Jesus and say hey Jesus I'd like you know my kids to sit on the right and left of the kingdom and and you know what that mom wanted her kids to be happy right to have that place and uh, and Jesus is what's well, not my it's not my place to do that I'm I'm not assigning those roles and so Jesus in effect told a parent and said listen I know you love your kids But listen, there's other things going on here that God, the father has big, big plans here. And I'm, I'm not handing, I'm not here to hand out, you know, roles to make your kids happy or to make you happy. Ultimately, we want to try to make God happy in how we do things. Now for the parents, listen, that's what I'm trying to say is, listen, don't, don't pull your kid from a youth group because they're not, you know, getting what they want or because they're not happy. It's better for them to work through it and part of working through that with the youth worker you know there's so many parents that i've dealt with over the years that just never had a conversation they just said ultimately we're going to bail and we're not going to give the youth worker anybody else an opportunity to to work on this we're just going to shift to happiness mode you know because to have a conversation requires work it requires Discipline requires, uh, you know, thinking forward. So I would say this to parents, parents, if you're having a struggle with your kid being happy, and part of this, what Andrew talks about in the book, Dennis is, is the fact that um, uh, that these youth workers, uh, you know, that the value, the value premise of youth ministry is not high enough. In other words, that the happiness quotient isn't high enough So I'm gonna pursue things that are gonna get my kid into college. I'm gonna pursue things that are gonna get my kid a better GPA. I'm gonna pursue things. And so if you, as a parent, want your child to have more value within the youth group, have a conversation with the youth worker about what your son or daughter's needs are, right? What is my daughter or son trying to achieve and how can the youth group do that? You know, For me, working with teenagers, Uh, within that context was to, that a kid could come to youth group and learn how to do something, right? I want a kid to be able to say, well, where'd you learn to work and do uh, computer graphics at? Where did you learn graphic design? In my youth group. Where did you learn to play an instrument? In my youth group. Where did you learn leadership skills? In my youth group, right? Those are all high value skills that can transcend, right? Uh, uh, Other things, and can be helpful towards the future because parents are thinking about college and parents are thinking about, you know, all those things. And youth group can offer a fantastic experience beyond games, beyond just the value of, of gathering, you know, uh, for the word, which is super important. But from the parent's point of view, I understand they're trying to get their kid as far ahead as they can at, at getting them farther ahead than they ever have. So I would first encourage parents to have a conversation about your daughter's or son's needs and how can the youth group do that? And that may be, once again, through leadership development, putting them on a leadership team, using whatever gifts and talents. You know, if you your child is most happy when they're doing what God created them to do. And so if you have a conversation with the youth, group, how does this how does my son or daughter's passion fit within the context of this youth ministry that they can do something to glorify God? you know, uh, and and learn other things, whether it be at leadership development, whether it's getting up and sharing a devotion, whether it's doing graphic design, whether it's doing uh, presentations, uh, you know, as far as the uh, computer slides and, and things like that. So I think that comes, you know, if, if parents are looking for high value and they are, uh, then that has to be a conversation with the youth worker to help them get their kids on track. And in the mix of that, the youth worker gets, To hang out with that kid more to disciple to teach those things because now they're teaching them a skill. It's not just the youth worker, but a volunteer or whoever is doing the training, uh, soundboard, you know, they're not just running sound, they're learning what good sound is. They're not just in the band, they're learning how to lead worship, right? So there are some high-value skills that youth workers can offer. And, And if parents would say, Hey, my child would really like to do this, what do they have to do? to be a part of this. And then, uh, the youth worker and the parent work out a a map and they map out the success for this kid, um, throughout their journey for the next four years that they may be there.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think everybody wants to be, uh, useful for the kingdom. Like, I think it goes even beyond what we feel just in, um, You know in a short term well i want to learn how to do this and i want to i want to be happy participating in band we we i believe there's a deep rooted spiritual need to be useful for the kingdom of god and what a lot of times we don't do is we don't give students an opportunity to be useful for the kingdom and they we just kind of say well you know you need to come to youth group. And then we're like, well, they don't like it. So then we kind of that we throw the happiness thing at them and we say, oh, well, there's, they just, they just didn't click. It didn't click for them because they didn't want to come because it wasn't, you know, whatever. But the reality is like, they want to come and be, be useful. They want to come and be uh, used by God to do something. And a lot of times we kind of just we put them down by saying, you know, Hey, one of these days you'll be useful to God. But right now, uh, whenever you're 14, 15, 16 years old, you have to wait in order to be used by God. And so there's that balance, I think, between like just saying, well, you know, my kids aren't happy here. And so we're going to go find a place where they're happy. And I get that, like, there's a lot of that that actually does happen. But at the same time, we are designed to be useful. And we will be happy when we are being used by God. That's why, you know, Ephesians 2.10, that you have been given these works to do. Like, this is what God designed you to do. And so as God has designed us to do these things, even whenever we're 12, 13, 14 years old, if we're not in line with that and we're being pushed down and, and oppressed almost to not being allowed to do anything... And then then obviously we're not going to be happy because we're not fulfilling what God has given or what God has placed inside of us.
1: Yeah. And that's part of, and that's part of what a role of a, of a youth worker is. That's, that's most of the failure on that part is the youth worker's fault because their titles that a youth pastor has is talent scout. You know, our role and responsibility is to help students find out what they're good at, right? Find out what their gifts and talents are, you know, what both, both from a biblical point of view of, of scripture, you know, uh, of the gifts that God has given them, whether it be leadership or helps or those types of gifts, but also the, the God giving gifts they have. If you have a, if you have a group full of, uh, of athletes in your youth group, but you're not doing a uh, you know, a basketball uh, uh, team type of thing, you know, where you got guys who want to do that, you know, for a season, man, find a way to to tap into what you have. Uh, that's once again, that's if the youth worker is trying to pull off, you know, some crazy, weird theme night, that's not going to click with uh, the majority of their group. Then, you know, that's on the youth worker who's saying, well, why kid, why don't kids like this? Well, it's because the youth worker's not paying attention. You know, the youth workers in his lab trying to dream up stuff. Uh, that are going to attract kids when really what attracts kids is you paying attention to what they're already gifted at what all, God's already called them to do and then making room for them at the table to to present that gift that starts like you said 12 13 14 years old you get a a kid in 7th grade who's really good at something and you validate them and you uh feed that in them let me tell you something you're not going to have a you're not going to have a a, a you know, a problem for that kid showing up because there's an itch being scratched. Another thing I would say to youth workers is this talk to parents and parents. This is good advice for you as well. When that kid does something well, I always made sure that I tried to post that kid, right? Doing what he's good at and tagging mom in it, right? Here's your son doing X. Here's them up praying. Here's them up doing this. And I tag mom in it because I want them to see The growth that is happening there, that they're watching their kid do something that they they would never see them do at home, but they would see them do in the youth group and vice versa. I would say, parents, if that youth worker does something well and they're getting it with your kid and they're and they're uh, they're doing a good job, tell that youth worker they're doing a good job, you know, tag them in a post or or something that uh, and give them a shout out uh, because it's hard. Just like teachers. Right. It's it's the best you know, equation of that coaches and, and, you know, it's a lot of those roles where you have a lot of kids all trying to do the same thing. And, uh, you know, coaches, teachers, so forth, you know, don't get the credit, you know, they get all the blame, but none of the credit that their child, or, you know, my child didn't get to do X. Well, that youth worker, that coach, that teacher had decisions they had to make. And that's where the difference between happiness, if my child's not happy, well, then we're going to leave versus saying, Hey, well, what can they do, right? That the ultimate goal of my child is not their happiness, but how they work through life because life, because post high school, uh, parents, if you're not aware, everybody's not going to bow down and, and worship at your kid's feet. Uh, you're not going to be able to call your kid's boss. And say, "Hey, I think my child deserves a raise. And if he doesn't get a raise, well, I'm, I'm going to tell him he has to quit." <laughs> that it's just not going to work like that. The best thing parents you can do for your kids is help them work through when things don't go their way and they're not happy. How do you work through unhappiness? And some parents, you know, have to work through that themselves.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's where, uh, and I've said this multiple times, and I'm I hate saying it because I hate that it's true but growth happens in the struggle and growth growth happens whenever we're not happy growth happens whenever we're uncomfortable most of the time that's whenever we we can actually learn how to depend on god we can learn how to go to his word we can learn how to pray we can learn how to lean on community all of the things that we know that we need in order to grow happen most of the time in the struggle but it's so uncomfortable for a parent to see their kids struggle and it's so hard to to watch that even though you know it's good for them uh it's just it's so difficult and so i get it as a parent like that's not the the most fun situation to have to go through but growth is in the struggle and so if we can kind of remember that and and even whenever it comes to youth group, I mean, even, even church stuff isn't 100% of the time all roses. And, you know, it's not, it's not super fun. Uh, a lot of the times. And so you're over there going, well, I'm still dealing with people and why is this happening and what's going on? And why are my kids not wanting to do this? And why aren't they listening? And why haven't they fixed them yet? And so, uh, just like, understanding that like it's all part of the process of growth and discipleship i mean just if you look in the new testament like those guys the disciples were constantly struggling you would think that they were not happy a lot of the times like if you just think about it like we're scared out of our minds on a boat we have no idea how to we're going to eat food we don't know any like this is not a happy situation why don't i just go back you know it's like the Israelites, why don't we just go back to Egypt where things were worse, but like, we think it was, wasn't, but like the growth is in the struggle. And so just remembering that as a parent, even in youth group growth is in the struggle when my kid doesn't want to go or when he's struggling with a specific thing, growth is in that struggle.
1: Absolutely. And you nailed it on that Uh, on the fact that church is not a better road. Somehow parents, and let me talk to you parents real quick is the fact that church is not the exception, right? We, we expect the church to be different, but the church will never be different than your son's coat, you know, football team or your daughter's cheerleading team, because people are involved, you know, that, that, you know, um, that because people are involved, there's, it's messy. And so, I know there are people who say well it's the church and it should be this and should, and there's everybody brings their idea of the table uh, of what you know what what should be brought to the table what the church brings to the table and in reality you know that the church is not exceptional in that regard because you know we're trying to do youth workers are trying to do um a work there just like your coaches are trying to have a winning season and your uh you know your cheerleading squad is trying to win something and um and so, you know, when you say that, uh, that things are messy, well, yeah, things are definitely messy because people are involved in that. And can I tell you something? Think of all the disciples whom Jesus asked to join him, or they said, Jesus, we want to come and join you. And Jesus says, look, you know, uh, foxes have holes, you know, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Uh, had the disciples, the people that said no and walked off and said, well, I'm not going to follow Jesus. Uh, missed the miracles, right? They missed the things that Jesus was doing up close and personal. And so I would say too, is that, you know, when we quit things, whether it be youth group or uh, the season or the group or whatever, I think there are so many missed opportunities for our kids to work through the struggle. That's where the growth is, uh, Dennis, and and you nailed it there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's difficult. I, I had a question that I was going to ask you. So, and I, this is a good question. Okay, it's a question that probably uh, I would say is on the minds of a lot of parents who have teenagers. Uh, and the question is this: What do I do if my kid does not want to go to youth group or attend any of the stuff that has to do with the church? What do I do? Let's say they're I'm going to give you a, 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 you know, 13, 14 year old, right, right there. What do I do?
1: Yeah. Well, it's a great question because, you know, I've had students as many youth workers have students who, who don't want anything to do, uh, with what's going on and I think it, you know, when a child says, uh, you know, uh, the parent asks the kid and says, Hey, you're going to go to the party. And the kid says, no, I don't feel like going to the party. And the reality is that there's an underlying message there. It's not that they don't want to go to the party. It's because they're worried or concerned, or there's some, there's some other issue that's lying around there that they really need to kind of deal with. And so I think the, the parent has to be willing. And I know parents, this is tough, you know, because I think there's an image that parents and youth workers try to create that there's no problems at home. There's no issues. There's, there's nothing going on. Uh and and so it's very easy to say, well, the youth group didn't help my kid. Uh and in reality is we have to work together. There has to be a partnership. So I would say the first thing is if I said, Hey, look, you know, the next time my kid's in church on Sunday, right? If they're there for Sunday service, would you mind talking with them and just have a conversation, maybe to find out maybe something's going on, maybe they're getting bullied, maybe they're feeling left out, maybe they don't feel like they have any friends. And if that's the case well that's something doable that's something the youth worker can certainly handle uh and be able to facilitate that you know uh there's also spiritual issues right that they're rebelling in some way they're rebelling against you know mom and dad or they're rebelling against god in their life uh for you know for this time period and if that's the case or or they don't
0: see the or they don't see the point i mean that I mean, that's, it's not necessarily always a rebellion as much as it is a, well, you know, what's it, what's in it, what's in it for me? I don't, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm a firm believer that when God reveals himself to somebody, then he opens their eyes and illuminates them to the beauty of who he is and what his, his word is. And so maybe your kid just, they haven't gotten to that point yet where they've seen the point of youth group, right? Like, well, why would I read my Bible? It's, it's just well, another. Old well, book. they may.
1: Right. They And this is a shocker, parents, that your child may not be a follower of Jesus yet. And that's a hard issue, right? That comes from I don't understand the point of it because I don't understand. I don't understand the person of Jesus. I don't understand the point of Jesus because I don't understand the person of Jesus. And I don't have a relationship with him. And youth group I, I is not a fit necessarily for that. It is a place where that student should be able to come in and experience that and have the knowledge from scripture, right? But also in the relationships, right? That they don't, that they need those relationships where people are showing who Jesus is. And, uh, you know, part of that, I've had kids, once again, I've tapped into kids who had gifts and talents, but they weren't necessarily uh, all fired up Christians. They weren't necessarily these passionate, you know, fire eaters, you know, uh, for Christ. But it started with them just moving chairs or stacking chairs. Some of that has to do with being needed, right? That has to do with them just being showing up because I want you to be there, but I also need you to be there because I think you, I, I need somebody to help me with chairs. I need somebody to help lead the game. You don't have to be a spiritual juggernaut, you know, to lead a game or help me with uh, supplies or help me do things. You know, the context for for all faith is relationship. Right. So if that's the relationship with the youth worker or the relationship with a volunteer in the youth work, uh, in the youth ministry or a relationship with another student in there, who's, you know, um, you know, who's, uh, having a relationship with them and and encouraging them in their faith, right. That they show up, they don't show up. I always, you know, I told, I tell youth workers, look, if you think these kids are showing up to hear you preach, you are delusional. I said, they're showing up because Johnny's showing up. Johnny's showing up because Jenny is showing up. Jenny is showing up because Bobby is showing up. Right? So, you know, there are those, and I'm not, I'm not uh, besmirching the fact that kids aren't spiritually passionate, that they don't want to hear the word and those things, of course they do. But ultimately it's about the people and do they feel loved and do they feel welcome and do they feel those things? And that, once again, that comes from conversation with the youth pastor. But because many times it's messy, or because it seems like a, a lot, and that child doesn't want to go for whatever the reason is, that that's part of the discipleship process, helping that child understand their needs and why do they feel that way, and uh, and then helping them, you know, map out a course to to help them do that. Uh, and sometimes I only got to see kids on Sundays. That was their Sunday service, and I always made sure, not just me. But I, I, would, I would always ask another student, hey, will you go sit, sit by so and so today? Or would you go uh, talk to them and see how they're doing? It can't just come from me. It's got to come from students and other volunteers, you know, because we're the paid guys. There are people, there are kids who think that we're just paid to, to like them. Uh, and I say, look, that's not true. Uh, but because the perception might be there, <laughs> I'm I always say, and I still don't like do you. it. That's no, not true. Yet. But. But, but, but when kids, when you send another kid to do it or another volunteer, you know, there, there's no, the only, the only skin they have in the game is that they want to love this kid. They want to love them and care for them. And, um, and sometimes that's accepted and sometimes that's rejected. And I just keep doing it over and over until, uh, you know, uh, uh, until there's some sort of breakthrough or until it's the finale and says, Hey, we've done everything we can do as a youth ministry. Uh, we don't feel like we can do anymore. Um, but, yeah. but I
0: would say, too, one one other point that I wanted to make whenever it came to parents um, and kids being comfortable and, and this, you know, that kind of stuff is that, like, it takes more than two weeks for your kid to get comfortable in a specific place. You can't expect it to just overnight become like this, oh, I can't wait to go back, like, I, I've had this conversation with parents of, of middle schoolers who are just coming into youth group who they're like, well, you know, my my kid just doesn't like it. I'm like, he's been there once, like one time. Of course yeah. he doesn't like it. Like, I don't like churches if I only visit them one time, usually. Like, I have to get used to it. I have to get to know some people. It takes time to feel comfortable in a place like I don't I didn't even like going to Starbucks the first time I was there and that place is designed for you to like it but it was like oh my goodness I can't I can't do this it's overwhelming and that's the way a lot of sixth graders or seventh grade you know middle schoolers coming up feel as they're you know coming into it and parents are like well you know he gave it a try I just want you to try it once that cannot be the answer just try it once is not trying it so i just want to encourage parents to remember you know like yeah. it's going to take a few probably months before your kids feel comfortable at all and if that if if 3 months go by and they've been coming faithfully and i'm talking like faithfully not this none of this yep. once a month stuff like faithfully they've come 12 times in a row and they still aren't feeling good about it then we need to have a discussion. But if they've right. come once and you're just like, well, Johnny doesn't like it, so we're gonna move on, then then we're gonna have a little bit of a problem. Okay, I'm done, I'm done complaining as a youth pastor now.
1: No, well listen, we don't do that and parents don't do that in other scenarios. If our kid doesn't like to go to school, he's still going to school. He's still, you know, not right now. I mean you still have to go to Zoom or you have to go to whatever you have to do. You know, nobody says, Hey coach, can he try this for a couple of weeks? And if he doesn't like it, well, that coach is trying to build a winning team, you know, ask the, the, the cheerleading coach, Hey, can my daughter do this? You know what? It requires commitment on the behalf of the parent and behalf of the student to say, I want to be a part of this community, right? The goal, once again, is community, not happiness, you know, happiness can come in waves and so forth, but we have to understand that it takes commitment to want to be, you know, happy or to find good things, uh, rather than find a reason to complain about it.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a lot like going to the gym. Like the first ten times you go to the gym, there is no way—at least for me. First ten times I go to the gym, I do not like it. And then after a while, you start to get into this like routine, and you're like, "Hey, you know what? This isn't actually all that bad." And then you get to the point where you're like, "Hey, I kind of..." I kind of like this thing. I like the way that it makes me feel. I like the people there. And so I think it's it's a little bit like that. You can't expect it to just overnight happen for for your kids. Well, I know that yeah. we've been talking for an extremely long time, but I, I, I want to give you uh, an opportunity to give us any other last final thoughts. How can we work with our churches uh, as parents? Um, anything else that you Feel like saying, you have the floor or
1: the microphone. Well, I, uh, the screen. Well, let me tell you something, parents. I love you, parents. Uh, let me tell you something. I've had great moments with parents, and I've had tough time with parents. Uh, and I think it just comes down to commitment. To saying, look, we want to, as youth workers, we want to love your kids, and parents, you're committed to saying, look, I want my kid to to grow up in a in a faith community where he is loved. Where he's welcomed where his gifts are being used uh where he can work through you know issues problems you know given the tools uh you know from scripture uh and from basic life skills you know those kind of things uh that the baseline for the youth worker is say look i want is to make every kid feel welcome wanted uh and loved right and and important that they have gifts and talents that need to be used And so parents this is a uh this is like anything else the church is not the exception to uh the rule everything just because it's the church people are still involved uh you know we all come in with a a set of expectations of that and i would just encourage you parents have a conversation with your youth worker help that youth worker know your kid help that youth worker build a relationship with your with your kids Uh, And then plot a course going forward. And if something happens or something is going on, you know, communicate with that youth pastor and say, Hey, you know uh, you know, how is, how is so-and-so doing? How's, you know, how's my child doing in youth group? And once again, youth workers, you got to go ahead and reach out and give some progress reports. That's what teachers do. They give progress reports. They say, here's where he's at. Here's where I think he can go. And you're really the youth worker has a great opportunity to share uh, the progress, you know, with parents and say, look, I think your kid's doing great. I see him doing this. I see him doing that. He has a lot of possibility. He has a lot of those things. I would love to see him more, uh, maybe move up in leadership. I would love to see him be a part of the band. I would love to see him. And really you're, you're working with that parent and, and, and building that child up and saying, look, uh, there's things here. But I see great opportunities here, and it's really um, a dance that uh, that youth workers and and parents can have. and It's a beautiful dance uh, of helping. And ultimately, youth workers and parents are working together, just like teachers and parents are working together, just like coaches and parents are working together to see children developed. Some want to see them developed on the field or the court. Uh, you want to see them uh, develop in the classroom as far as they learning and the youth worker and the parents want to see their child be more like Jesus and live and follow Christ. And so really it's just a, it's a partnership of development and, uh, and that takes, that takes two people. There's no magic happiness pill uh, that's going to happen in any of those areas, coaching, school, sports, or youth group. And so once we come to that realization, then we know where the work begins.
0: Amen. Amen. Hey, uh, where can we find you online, Mr. Paul Turner? Give me the quick, where can we find you?
1: Yeah, the discipleproject.net is is the core, is the main hub of things. And from there, you can get to the podcast, you can get to uh, the videos, uh, you can get to the YouTube channel, all that stuff. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, you can find me on Instagram at The D Project, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Paul Turner2. That's T O O. Uh, and, uh, you can email me at the deep project, uh, the disciple project at gmail.com.
0: Awesome. I'll try to remember to put all of that stuff in the description. If I miss it, I'll just have the discipleproject.net. and, um, you can always ask me. So thanks so much for being on the show today. I appreciate it. We finally got it in the can and, uh, loved every minute of it. So thanks so much for being here.
1: Thank you, Dennis
0: there you have it. Thank you so much for joining me today on this episode of the podcast. As always, you can get all of the show notes, all of the description, everything we talk about in the show notes at dennispoolett.com. Just search up Paul Turner and you will find everything about today's podcast right there. And share this podcast with your friends If it has brought you value, I sure hope it has. And we will see you in the next episode.